0: So our Bible reading this morning is looking at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, through to chapter 4, verse 14. We have come to share in Christ, if we hold firmly till the end, the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And there's a title here in the Bible, A Sabbath Rest for the People of God, as we move on to chapter 4. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, so I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world, For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains, then, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And there's a title here, Jesus the Great High Priest. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We have God's word before us. Let's uh, bow together in prayer as we ask the Lord to reveal what he has to say to us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, it's with joy that we sometimes don't realize that you speak. But Lord, it's also with reference that we have to listen and obey. So hear our hearts, Lord. Hear our prayers. Here are anxious times before you, Lord, that we just don't know when you do speak. And if you are speaking, Lord, we just need to know that it's you. Because sometimes there's so many voices out there, Lord, we get confused. So thank you for your word. And your word is truth. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are truth. And we bless you, Lord, now for speaking through your word in such a way that it'll be relevant to each one of the hearers. Lord, give us ears to hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I could have asked Christine to speak a few more words before that uh, Bible reading. But every so often when you come into God's Word and you start to look how many times the Lord says things, it's not like he, he wants to be repeated, but he does repeat himself. And when he does repeat himself, we better listen because there's something to be said. I don't know if anybody noticed perhaps that there was a particular verse that came up twice. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. It's actually the third time that those words are spoken. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Notice that sometimes people speak, and we don't always hear. God speaks, and we don't always hear as well. I don't know about you, but you know the word of God? It says to us there, it is living, it is active. So we must realize that as well, that when God speaks, he speaks in such a way that it will be very clear that it's his voice speaking but as I said so many times there's so many other voices out there you sometimes wonder is that God actually speaking and why how do we actually determine if it's the Lord's voice the Lord's voice is the word of God and what he does he checks the attitudes of our heart so our heart's got to be right otherwise we don't hear God today notice that second word if you hear his voice In other words yeah it's really up to us if you hear his voice we have to be in that position to hear God's voice yesterday and I wanted to do this in sharing time but I thought I'll bring it to you right now we went up because certain people by the name of Matt mentioned to Linda where's a great place to go and just be away and enjoy God's creation well Mount Pilate was mentioned so you go up the Hume and you to Chiltern and you turn right or you can go to Beechworth and turn left, whichever way, Mount Pilot. We got, after a bit of a walk up to the top, it was panoramic, it was quiet, and you think this is the place where God would speak, if he's going to speak any time, be it in the stillness on top of a mountain, perfectly positioned. Even the birds sort of went hush, because this place is like holy ground. Uh, and then we had to come off the mountain, and we said, oh, we'll have a climb of just being quiet around. Well, guess what? We were not the only ones on the mountain. <laughs> By the time we came down, so only 300 meters from the top of the summit down to, like, the car park area, there were some people already putting up the tables and chairs and going, "Yat da that, da that, that, What fun we're having. Silence shattered. Sorry, God. <laughs> Couldn't hear you over that lot. We went, we moved on. But great place, Mount, Mount Pilate. Go and see if God speaks to you on top of the mountain. But, you know, each one of us we all came through life as children hands up who wasn't a child and you would have gone through something that perhaps you either realized that you were a child who complied or a child that perhaps was a defiant child the child who complies oh we wish there were so many more of us around <coughs> and um you know but there, there's other times when you know, sort of think where did that come from where did we learn these things do As parents, did we teach our child to be disobedient? I don't remember that being part of the course. No. But hey, this is what happens. We either comply or we basically defy. And that's basically what's going on in our hearts, isn't it? If we hear God's word, we can comply or we can defy and say, that's not God speaking. Must be something else going on here. And that's what it's all about in this passage of scripture as well. And God talks about today if you hear his voice don't harden your hearts don't harden your hearts it comes up three times as I mentioned here today if you hear his voice don't harden it starts up in verse 7 of chapter 3 we didn't quite start there we started a little bit further down so the intentions of our heart they will reveal if we are at peace if we are at rest but they also revealed if we're in turmoil and if we're in turmoil Well, that's the sort of thing that perhaps we don't always hear God speak because you've got to be at peace. You've got to be at rest. You've got to have something that sort of God can work with as well. And if we are running around and busy, 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 uh, somehow God doesn't quite get through because no peace, no rest. So what does he say here? He says basically what's happening to our hearts, they get hardened. That word hardened basically means you've dried out. You sort of won't budge, you won't submit. You're hearing it, but somehow you're like a dry stick. And, uh, well, here I have. Exhibit A, exhibit B, from where you're sitting right now, you would not know which is the dry stick until what happens? I snap it. Ah, that is what it's all about, as being an hardened heart. You somehow, you're not resilient. You don't want to bend, you don't want to hear. Resilience, good word, that one. Flexible. (laughs) so are you one that can be bent a little bit when god speaks yes i'm hearing you god or are you the sort of person perhaps when god speaks you go snap snap sorry god not me try somebody else that's what it's the difference all about hardness of heart leads basically to rebellion with, against god you see once upon a time as was written here in times past god caused his people to be subject to his law he said all right here's the law and if you stay within those parameters, you will be all right. You'll hear those words. The Ten Commandments were God's word spoken. And everybody understood if we do this, we will live. If we don't do this, it's going to have consequences. And so there it was. His law was a thing that they'd learned, and it was a way of faith. Do this, you will live. Don't do this, you will see what's going to happen. Disobedience, unfortunately, is part of the nature. And the disobedience is i'm going to do it my way and i'm not going to start singing that one but you know it pretty well by now and what happens it was through the law that these people the children of israel would see god's holy standard they would say right god you know the right way this is the truth this is the way this is the life jesus came to show us that a little while later on and it's only then they realized that they couldn't actually keep the law because somehow disobedience got in the way and so what happens is it says here in um, in the rebellion that he talks about here today if you hear if you hear his voice don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert psalm 95 I've got to read it to you basically it says come let us now bow in worship let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Hear these words. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Mirabah and as you did at Massah in the desert. Mirabah and Massah. What is that all about? Those are the times when the people of Israel basically said, Where is God? Moses, you brought us into this desert. Basically, where is God? Because we've traveled now three days and there's no water last week we spoke about the 5,000 being fed somehow did you get a feeling that perhaps there was a bit of a reenactment going on there when all these people needed food here we are the Israelites are in the desert all these people needed water where will we get water those are the that's the question actually that uh, Jesus asked Philip he didn't say why, uh, how will we he said where will we philip was the one who said oh i know how much money is in the bank <laughs> jesus didn't ask that question jesus said where will we implying it's there it's right there we know it's there he knows it's there we don't know it's there The israelites came three days in the desert no water they come to a, a stream or brook and they say yes thank you lord and they drink some and oh, it's bitter mara That was the word they used. So did we expect somehow that God always leads us to these springs of living water? Well, sometimes he then does take us to a point and he asks us, okay, trust me on this one. I've brought you here now. What's going to happen next? The water's bitter, they say. God tells Moses, grab a stick. A flexible one, not a stubborn one. But throw the stick into the water and guess what happens it suddenly becomes pure and clean and fresh and it's drinkable so what is this about God he sort of takes us to a point sometimes and then he says trust me even though you can't quite understand what you're seeing right now or you can't quite know the consequences but if something were to provide you with the means of hey that this could be used for God's glory let it happen go to that place let God lead you be flexible don't be stubborn hearted and say no God it will never happen remember Andrew he had found the answer five loaves and a bonus two fish he had found God's provision and then the word was but how will this possibly meet everybody's needs but it was right there it was in his hands well, little boy's hands anyway got a sense that little boy wasn't going to give his lunch away until Jesus asked for it but the provision was there it was right there in the midst and Jesus says where will we find you must know it's there to be found he wouldn't just sort of lead you that far and say well I tricked you that one didn't I hearts can become hardened when there's suddenly no provision and we don't see God at work but you know in a time of testing, and that's what it was in the wilderness. it was a time of testing. They'd heard God's word, but guess what? Right there where God's word is, there's Satan also, and he wants to take away God's word. That's what it tells us in Luke 8. In the time of testing, in the time when we fall away and suddenly faith is no longer, Satan comes along, and he takes God's word, which is like the seed. God's word plants in our hearts, and we trust it will grow. Satan, of course, has other designs, and he'll happily take you to a place of doubt, a place of discouragement, a place where perhaps the worries of this world will just overcrowd that seed of God, God's voice. And that little seed perhaps will be taken away, as Satan would do that, taken away and out of our hearts. What happens? Well, without God's word in our hearts, we often start to sway and we start to wonder, what's the truth? Where do we go with this lot? And you think perhaps that even the 12 disciples, we have mentioned uh, Philip and we have mentioned Andrew, that somehow faith would work in their lives as they moved on with Jesus, but not always. Two of those disciples of Jesus, only 12, out, so two out of 12, were actually so used by Satan and so manipulated in a way that Jesus had to actually mention it amongst the others. Peter and Judas. Who would have thought? Peter, of all people, the rock, the one that Jesus said, well, you said the truth. You know who I am. Peter was given revelation from God, basically, when he said, when Jesus asked, so who do people say that I am? Peter came up with this, you're the son of God. And Jesus said, Wow. God speaking to you you heard that one within a few minutes verses Peter's saying oh well if I've known that much then I must know exactly what I need to do for you Jesus and Jesus of course saying well I'm going to the cross and Peter's saying I don't think that's a good idea Jesus to which of course what does Jesus reply well Satan get behind me excuse me Satan uh, we're talking to Peter here where's Satan fit in He'd taken that seed of truth he moved it out and Peter's heart basically became hardened he became quite stubborn and that's what it means just being stubborn ah well <clears throat> that was a bit of a rebuke and of course then at the time as well when all the um, disciples were leaving because oh Jesus was talking about you know eating my flesh and drinking my blood and and people just were shaking their heads and saying this guy's lost it and Jesus turns to his disciples and said well will you leave me as well And then Peter, of course, comes up again with another wisdom, a little knowledge of truth here and says, well, no, you're the only one who has the words of life. Jesus said, yep, you're right. But guess what? One of you's a devil. I don't know how that would go down. I mean, if I'm looking out over here right now and saying one of you is a devil, you'd probably say, well, that's the last time I'm going to let this guy speak in public. I mean, thank you who would know who would know what's going on in the heart who would know except God no accusations but if they looked on Judas as being the keeper of the cash they must have trusted this man but who would know sometimes you've got to look at what's going on in the heart what's why are the people reacting as they do but as I said in this heart of ours the moments when satan gets his best work done is when anxiety comes in worries of the world they're pretty good at pushing things out the truth that is you know this word anxious philippians 4 6 don't be anxious about anything yeah right paul thanks for that one now you try (laughs) it. don't be anxious about anything oh easy to say this word anxious it basically means being drawn in opposite directions being drawn in opposite directions, you know what that means? That your heart gets hardened, and you know what it means? Eventually, you will snap. That's what happens when you get drawn in opposite directions. Snaps. You go to pieces. When you go to pieces, it's not a pretty sight, because suddenly the world just taken over, and everything you see is magnified. Worries, which were maybe were that small, become that much bigger because you're starting to lose God's word and the truth of God's word saying don't be anxious well that should have been actually the 11th commandment shouldn't it do not be anxious and then maybe we would have believed it because we sort of believe the 10 commandments and yes we shall not we shall not and if you shall not be anxious we say it's not the 11th commandment but Jesus knows our heart and there it was in Matthew he's talking to the crowds in Matthew chapter 6 and as I said when a word gets used a few times in the readings, think about it. What is Jesus or what is God's word trying to say here? In Matthew 6:25, he uses these words. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour? And why do you worry? So do not worry, but seek first his kingdom. Don't therefore worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. The word worry was used six times in about five verses here we get a point here perhaps about worrying <laughs> that it's a no-no from god's point of view don't worry about today don't worry about tomorrow don't worry about what you're going to eat so what am i going to worry about well god says nothing ah that's not going to work well does it mm, that takes faith It really does take something i've got to read this to you you know You go out there and you look at the birds of the air and say, oh, I wish I was a bird one day, someday. Even birds probably up in the air, up in the trees, look down at us. And this was overheard in an orchard once upon a time. There's a a robin and a sparrow and they're talking to each other. The robin says to the sparrow, you know, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. And the robin says to the sparrow, Well, friend, I think it must be that they don't have a heavenly father such as cares for you and me. So think about it from a bird's point of view. We're running around, we're doing all the things, and the bird's saying, What's it with these people? Can't they see God's provided us every day? Bird goes out every morning, bird comes home at night, bird knows he's going to have food for the day. You'll just have to keep on searching, but it will be provided because it's out there. Oh, the joys! (laughs) As Jesus says, "Oh, ye of little faith, do not worry." Uh, We just wish we just wish we had this sort of this heart, basically that's a flexible heart, the heart that's resilient, the heart that's sort of able to bend and able to accept. So next time you see a twig on the ground, you pick it up, and if you snap it, you know what I mean. If it bends be like that who knows the story of Noah yes we've all been there hopefully you remember about a thing called an ark if you now know anybody with the name of Noah think this his name actually means rest when God says they shall never enter my rest it was a case of yeah it's something that can be attained a special Sabbath rest is that really the day when the rain stopped and the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat play on Noah's name and what does Noah do? he waits 40 days because there's a lot of water out there and what does he do? he says, Raven, come you'll be my scout open up the window Raven, out you go and let me know what it's like out there Raven goes out are we like a raven, perhaps, or are we like a dove? The raven went out. He looked around, and he's flying, and he's flying, and he's flying, and because he doesn't want to go back inside that ark, he says, oh, I'll just wait out here, and I'll let this, the rain go down and the water level go down. Well, Noah thought, well, that was a waste of time. I've lost a raven. He's out there somewhere, flattering around, probably landed on the roof of the ark, and sort of said, well, I'm not going back in there because it's dark and smelly. Bring out the dove. Okay, dove, you know the rule now. Get out there and just come back and let me know what's going on. Dove goes out. He flies around, sees the same thing that the raven sees, water everywhere, starts to get a little bit like, oh, we're not doing too well out here, comes back. And the beauty of this one is, as the words tell us, that as the uh, dove came back, Noah reached out his hand and he basically took the dove back to himself in the ark that's what God's looking for so we're flapping around like a raven out there and we're seeing all the water and we haven't got a place to land and God says whoa we've got an ark here we've got a window of opportunity we've got open hands just come back just come back come inside I know you don't like being in the dark but just come here trust me on this one just trust me No wait, seven days sends out the, ark, the dove again from out of the ark well this time guess what <laughs> you may see a symbol one day of a dove with an olive branch in its beak that's a symbol of peace that's a symbol of rest that's a symbol that god wants us to hold on to just come back to god come back as a dove come back into that rest that god's asking us to just take from him into that rest enter into that ark again don't be like the raven very stubborn not going back there again no. like the dove be a symbol of peace be at rest and that's what people are are seeking for they're just seeking peace they're seeking rest from all the things that are going on around the world out there that's what it's all about hebrews tells us make every effort to enter god's rest every effort it is an effort nobody said it was going to be easy but make that effort and say yes lord i want to enter that rest i want to enter your peace And the promise of entering that rest may be conditional, of course, upon our faith. Remember the story where Jesus, in Matthew 11, he's basically been teaching the crowds, and he comes to a certain point and he says, Come all to me who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Did you hear that? Jesus will give you rest, but you've got to come to him and say, Lord, this is not what I signed up for. All these burdens, all these cares of the world. Can I leave them at the door? Please do. Come to Jesus. He says, why? My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In other words, he's not going to overload you. You take it, and you bring it to Jesus, and you'll say, look, there's certain times we're going to have to work together and walk together, and that's what it's all about. So you're yoked, and basically you cannot run faster than because the person next to you. Often Linda and I go for a walk. People say, oh, why do you always hold hands so that I don't run away too fast in front of her because I walk faster than Linda. So I we'll hold her hand so that I don't drag her. We walk together. It's called unity. It's called being together, walking together. And that's what Jesus is showing us. There's a yoke. Jesus and me. And here we go. We're going on along this journey. Here's a wonderful thing. Our soul is made for an easy yoke. Our soul is not made for an easy life. So in other words, Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy, but sometimes life gets a little bit difficult. Trust me on that one. But because you're yoked to me, we can do this together. (laughs) The yoke is made to be easy, not to be hard. And so that's what Jesus is saying. Come, let's walk together. It's called a relationship. It's basically telling us it's not rules and rituals. It'll make you work well with me it's a relationship that'll help you walk well with me so don't worry about trying to get it right there is no trying to get the way of life right it's not rules it's not rituals it's basically jesus and you a relationship and what he's done for us helps us just accept what he has for offering so the attitudes of the heart as we walk with jesus there's this inward condition of being addressed. I don't know if many of you read the message translation every so often but this one's the one that I, I just love because it depicts particularly the words that um, I've just spoken about now about the easy yoke in this version it says are you tired are you worn out are you burned out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest like that a real rest we may think yes five minutes in the morning is a rest Nah, doesn't do it you may need a little longer than that I'll take a real rest walk with me and work with me watch how I do it and here it is learn the unforced rhythms of grace gotta love that learn the unforced rhythms of grace that's what it's all about Jesus reaches out with a gracious hand and says let's learn let's do this thing together and he goes on to say I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly oh how to learn freely and lightly and then these words will come true that we've been reading this morning about God and his offer of rest and peace and it's all there it's all available and the promise of entering his rest still stands and it tells us be careful that none of us are found to have fallen short of it because we've all got the same opportunity we just have to combine it with faith so it's there the promise is there you can enter that rest you just got to remember that there is this opposition going on and the opposition basically says that sometimes you hear God's word and you just can't believe it and you turn out to be stubborn and you snap don't be a snapper be a flexible person that says all right lord teach me your ways and then i perhaps will understand what it is to be yoked with you to walk with you to work with you and to learn of you it's all available we're going to make ourselves available as well i'm going to offer anybody who wants to have prayer time to just come to the front seats sit down and people from here who are would love to pray with you if there's something in your life right now that needs God's special attention today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts today spend a moment before God in quiet and then I'll close in prayer and ask Lord is there something today that I need to change to be more flexible not to be more stubborn not to snap but just to be available and bendable let's pray thank you father for each new day that you give us because we know that while there's life there's hope for the future we know one day that our walk in this world will come to an end and we just want to be sure lord god that we've heard your voice guiding us through this life to the place you want us to be the place of peace the place of rest A place where we we will hear your voice, Lord, because we know you speak. And we have your word before us that is spoken again and again. So give us ears to hear, we pray, and just remove the stubbornness, perhaps. As Ezekiel has said, remove the heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. That's our prayer, Lord God, that we'll just have open hearts to receive what it is you want us to hear and the things you want us to do. Then we all know, Lord God, that we are yoked with you, and we thank you, Jesus, that you walk with us and you talk with us, and you show us the way of life. And we bless you for that. So thank you for this time together, Lord, and may it be continued that we would just be able to release to you the things that are you, the uh, things that are yours, and any you can deal with. And Lord, as much as we just know that in this world there will be times uh, of difficulty. We thank you, Lord God, that our soul will remain strong and true and recognize that it's a yoke that you offer us just to be able to walk with you in this way. So thank you for releasing us from these loads, Lord, and for all the burdens that we carry, we release them to you in Jesus' name.